I'd like to do a reading today from Ajahn Chah, but first a dedication to all those who had committed acts of atrocity towards others. May the light of compassion dispel the darkness within their hearts so they can see that causing pain to others will not end their own suffering. This is called In the Dead of Night by Ajahn Chah. I'd never stayed in a charnel ground before. Actually, in my heart, I didn't really want to go, but I forced myself to. When it comes to things like this, if you wait till everything is just right, you'll end up never going. When would you ever train yourself? So I just went. When I got there, words cannot describe the way I felt. The pakao, that's like the egg precept assistant, wanted to camp right next to me, but I wouldn't have it. I made him stay far away. Otherwise, I would have counted on him for support. I was afraid, but I dared. In the end, you have to die anyway. They came carrying a corpse. I wanted to get out of there so badly. They buried the corpse right next to my spot. Well, if I'm going to die, I'm going to die. If you've never dared to do it, you'll never know what it's like. As it got darker and darker, I wondered where there was to run in the middle of that charnel ground. One is born to this life only to die anyway. My feelings of fear and courage were having a tug of war with me, but I did it. This is the way you must train yourself. When it was dark, I got into my mosquito net. It felt as if I had a seven-tiered wall all around me. I sat in my net watching over the body all night. I couldn't be sleepy even if I wanted to. I was so scared, but I did it. I sat through the night. When it comes to experience like this, who would dare to go and stay in a charnel ground? If you don't actually do it, you don't get the results. You don't really practice. When day broke, I was so glad. I just wanted to have daytime, no nighttime at all. I had survived. I thought, there's nothing to it, just my own fear, that's all. I thought, this evening I should have some good, quiet meditation, because I've already been through it all last night. There's probably nothing more to it. Then later in the afternoon, wouldn't you know it, in comes another one, a big one this time. <laughs> they brought the corpse in and cremated it right beside my spot, right in front of my plot. This was even worse than last night. Well, that's good, I thought. Bringing in this corpse to burn here is going to help my practice. I waited for them to leave first before taking a look. Nothing I could say could convey the fear I felt. In the dead of night, the fire from the burning corpse flickered red and green and 
I wanted to do walking meditation in front of it, but could hardly bring myself to do it. Eventually I got into my net. The stench from the burning flesh lingered all through the night. I forgot about sleep. My eyes were fixed rigid with fear, and there was no one to turn to. I had to rely on myself. There was nowhere to run to in that pitch black night. Well, I'll sit and die here. I'm not moving from this spot. Who would want to do such a thing? If you didn't have strong faith in the teaching of the Buddha, you'd never do it. Now, about 10 p.m., there came a sound of shuffling from the fire behind me. Had the coffin just collapsed? Or maybe a dog was getting the corpse. But no, it started walking towards me, just like a person. It walked up behind me. Well, I could only prepare for the worst. Where else was there to go? But it didn't really come up to me. It just circled around in front. Then it got closer and closer until it stopped dead in front of me and just stood stock still. I'll die with my eyes closed. This was really it. I forgot all about Bhutto, Dhammo, and Sango. There was only fear welling up inside my chest until it felt like a tightly stretched drum skin. I sat as if I wasn't even touching the ground and simply noted what was going on. The fear was so great that it filled me like a jar completely filled with water. The fear reached its peak and began to overflow. What am I so afraid of anyway? A voice inside me asked. I'm afraid of death. Where is death? Why, death is within me. If death is within you, then where are you going to run to escape it? If you run away, you die. If you stay here, you die. Wherever you go, it goes with you because death lies within you. Whether you are afraid or not, you die just the same. There's nowhere to escape death. As soon as I had thought this, my perception seemed to change right around. All the fear completely disappeared as easily as turning over one's hand. It was truly amazing. So much fear, and yet it could disappear just like that. Non-fear arose in its place. Now my mind rose higher and higher until I felt as if I was in the clouds. After conquering my feelings, I just sat and watched as all manner of things arose in me. Pachatam, Veditabo, Winyuhi, the wise will know for themselves. When you're able to feel a feeling, as a sentient being without judging it or trying to look at it from the conceptual level, then we have a chance to understand the true nature, the ultimate qualities of that feeling. What are the ultimate qualities of it? It's impermanent. It's painful. 
And it's not who we are. We try to experience it impersonally, not from a, a sense of identity with it or a sense of a solid being, but just from the knowing mind, knowing the feeling, feeling the, the sensation, feeling the heaviness of it, the contraction, the immobilizing of one's being. And then we can breathe into that to re-educate our process of knowing it until we begin to recognize it as, rather than threatening, just impermanent, impermanent. Dukkha, this is dukkha. When we know the first noble truth very deeply and viscerally, what's the first noble truth? Dukkha, suffering. Good boy. <laughs> so once you know that this is a noble truth, it's not an ignoble truth. Once we know the first noble truth, then we can go to the origin of it. And say, ah, there's the origin of it. And that's kamma. We didn't ask for it. We don't want it. But it's kamma. We were born with this origin of suffering. Coming into this human realm, all of us experience the suffering of being born, getting old, getting sick, dying, being subject to birth, to loss, loss of the loved, loss of those that are precious to us, loss of our body, loss of everything. All of us are subject to it in one form or another. For some people, not until we die. For some people when we're six. For some people when we're 12. For some people when we're 25. For some people when we're 50. Everybody. This is what the Buddha explained. And it's the truth. To realize the origin of suffering is not just to think about it, but it's an, a kind of aha moment where it shakes you in your core that everything that is mine is subject to decay, to being lost, to being not mine. Relatives, property, health, youth, life, all of it. Instead of sorrow, lamentation, pain, grief, and despair, we can develop the third noble truth, which is the cessation of dukkha. And that's what the work is. And the Eightfold Noble Path is how do we develop that? How do we stop feeling like this vulnerable flag flapping in the winds of change? How do we stop that? We just work day by day with the Four Noble Truths. And the dukkha is not dukkha. The fear has the potential to be the second and third noble truth and the fourth too. The fear has the potential to free us from fear if we can understand it in the correct way, if we can see it in the right way, if we can know it and taste it as anicca dukkha, 
Ananda. In brief. <laughs> and then that's a lifetime work, or it's lifetimes. But we don't give up. We get knocked over the head again and again, feeling the tightness, the contraction, the frozenness, the immobility, the sadness, the grief, the despair. We feel that over and over. And then we learn how to catch ourselves in the middle. Years ago, we caught ourselves way down the road, at the end of it, like completely flat. Later, after some practice, we start to catch ourselves being caught in that sooner. There comes a time when before we go down the road of sorrow, lamentation, pain, grief, and despair, we say, no, stop, I don't need to go. This being does not need to experience that. Instead, we open the mind to the third noble truth, the cessation of dukkha. The cessation of dukkha is knowing things as they are, truly knowing. And just this, and opening the heart so much, the Buddha talks about the measureless liberation of mind. The exalted liberation of mind is this knowing the truth of what we experience as anicca, dukkha, anatta. That's exalted. The measureless liberation of mind is being able to open the heart to that with unconditional love and compassion, equanimity, and in that there is a joy. It's a joy that we've understood the true nature. So the, the work is quite refined and amazing. It's a marvelous work. And we can do it, even if we can only do it for one breath. That's a start. And then we add another breath. You sat still for one breath, that's pretty good. Do another one. And another one. Because it gives us a real refuge, a real safety. Whatever running around we do in the world doesn't give us safety. It just makes us more anxious and restless. The older we get and the more immobile we get, the more opportunity we have to study the condition. Because when we're running and flapping, we're too busy. But when we can't move around so much anymore, we're forced to stay still with conditions as they are. It's like nature is begging us to wake up. And luckily, we get the Buddha Dhamma before we die, before we're too old, before we're too exhausted and beaten by the conditions of life. Luckily.